This is On The Radar, episode 138. As always, this is me, Radar, coming at you live, talking about local and national sports and pop culture as well. Let's get to on some unfortunate news that happened in the world of entertainment and sports. Former American running back Marion Barber III, who played at Minnesota in college and was drafted by the Cowboys in the fourth round of the 05 draft, he made one Pro Bowl during a six-year career with the Cowboys. He also played for the Bears. He's the older brother of former Texas safety Dominique Barker and Gophers linebacker Thomas Barber and the son of New York Jets running back Marion Barber and the cousin of Peyton Barber. He just passed away as he was found dead in an apartment on the beginning of the month at the age of 38. It's just sad to lose somebody again that young who had one amazing season in football. But yeah, I'm rest rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to London rapper Hypo. He was stabbed to death at a Julie B party. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Paul Vance, the American songwriter record producer, known for right for the song Catching a Fallen Star, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini and Tracy. He just passed away the other day and it's just uh the age of ninety two, so rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Bon Jovi bassist, one of the original founding members of the group. You know, I feel like, oh, it's just Bon Jovi himself. No, he's got all these guys. He passed away age of 70. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to another rapper, the rapper Trouble out of Atlanta. He passed away. It was, he was shot in the chest during a home invasion. And he was transported to the hospital where he died right there at the age of 34. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Shelby Scott, Boston news anchor and after leader who championed SAG merger. She passed away at 86. She also was a WBZ reporter as well. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Dave Smith, the American engineer and founder of the synthesizer company Sequinol. He created the first polyphonic synthesizer with programmable memory. And a lot of people got to, you know, use that thanks to him. But he passed away the age of 72 and uh yeah in happy ch- retirement news nfl defensive end stefan Tuitt announced his retirement he played his whole career with the steelers was second round pick out of notre dame he was a great college player but only finished with 246 tackles 34 and a half sacks six forced fumbles one fumble recovery one reception and 13 pass deflections retiring at age 29 is pretty young this is why his career i feel is incomplete Happy trails to Ryan Fitzpatrick, the longtime quarterback out of Harvard, who was probably one of the greatest seventh-round picks of all time. Started his career with the Rams, the Bengals, the Bills, Titans, Texans, Jets, Buccaneers, Dolphins, and Washington. We all know him as the traveling salesman, where if your starting quarterback gets hurt, he's a perfect guy to stand in, but after a while gets exposed. But he was an Ivy League player and Ivy League champion. He got the most passing yards by a quarterback without a playoff appearance and the most career passing touchdowns by a quarterback without a playoff ex- uh, appearance. He's over 223 touchdowns, over 3,400 yards, almost 3,500, and he had a pass rate of 82.3 and a completion percentage of 60.7, and he even had 2,600 2, rushing yards and 21 touchdowns. The NFL will miss you, but he is 39, so he's, you know, around the time. Happy trails to Alec Mack, the, the American center. He played college football at California Berkeley, was a Browns player, was drafted in the first round. He also played for the Falcons and 49ers. He had a pretty good career. He was a three-time second all-pro, seven-time Pro Bowl, made the 2010s decade team, made the PWFA all-rookie team, 
was a three-time first-team All-Pack player in college, the two-time Moore's Trophy, and the and the Dratty Trophy. He finished with four fumble recoveries as a lineman, but he never missed a game. He played 196 games, started in 196 games. He pretty much played his whole entire thing over there. So happy trails to him. And happy trails to former football coach Romeo Cornell, who was recently the senior advisor for football performance for the Texans. He was a longtime assistant to Bill Parcell. Then he was the head coach of the Browns, if people remember that, in the mid-2000s, and later the Kansas City Chiefs. In 2000, he was an assistant coach for six NFL teams as well, four collegiate teams. He had over 50 years of coaching experience. was consistently being employed as a coach for all but two seasons since 1970, only taking the 2009 and 13 seasons off following his tenures as permanent coaches. He has five Super Bowl wins as assistant coach, two of the Giants and three of the Patriots. He served as assistant coach for the Texans under Bill O'Brien, David Cole, and Lovey Smith, and the interim head coach before. He is the oldest person in NFL history to serve as head coach. Ever previously, the record was George Hallis. He was the first black coach in Texans history. He's also the first black non-interim head coach in Brown history as well. He had an interesting time in uh, in uh, in Kansas City. Remember those font, those years? What you know? Yeah, and when he was there in Kansas City, it had a, had a major thing happen. A player committed suicide, like right there in the stadium around him and the GM. So that was something I always remember. That quickly getting to some good basketball news. Mark Cuban has launched a war against Big Pharma. He started an online pharmacy where over 100 life-saving medications are offered at low cost. He charged standard 15% markup in an industry that typically seeks no less than 100%. This is one example of a life-saving leukemia drug with a typical retail price of $9,000. He's offering for $47. That is, again, these people making impacts on people's lives. LeBron James, I'm not a huge fan of him, but all of his philanthropy perk is great. If you know he has this I Promise Foundation like school, well, he's opening up a multi-million dollar medical facility right across the street that will provide medical, dental, optometry, and mental health services. Like, again, these are examples of people just being great people because this is just like not many people are going to go out of the way and do that, and that's just like really good work out there. Now some football news. Armenian Batson is going to Atlanta, and Andre Smith got of the Bills has got a drug suspension of six games, so he's going to miss that. Jawan Green is going to Tennessee, and announced on this year's new Madden game, it's going to have John Madden the first time he will physically appear since 2000, which is all right. Frank Gore, we've already talked about him announcing his retirement in previous podcasts. He signed a one-day deal with the 49ers to retire as a 49er, and John Ballard is going to Minnesota, and. And, uh, and uh, Tavon Austin's going to the Bills. Dearness Johnson signed a one-year deal to stay with the Browns. Aaron Donaldson signed this huge $95, a $40 million deal to what he already has. He's not like many more years of making more money. And this Keith Kirkwood's going to Carolina. And the Treyhor Wallace Sims, interesting name, is going to Texas. And tight end Jasper Horst is going to Oakland. Darius Leonard had back surgery, and this is a thing. A lot of athletes have back surgery. A lot of irregular people have back surgery. They don't always, always they got to continue and continue to do that. It's just, it's just sometimes you got to keep having back surgery. It's something you got to look at. And 
the Bills promoted the, uh, one of their front office members to being assistant GM and Brian Gain. And um, basketball news. Becky Hammond started off with 9-1, and which was his best start ever for WNBA head coach. Jeff Van Gundy announced that he tested positive for COVID. Well, it makes sense that Mike Breen, who had it before, tested positive for it. So that makes a lot of sense there. And and uh, pretty much there. And then the Celtics and Warriors had the 43s, the most ever in the game. Tatum had the most points, you know, with, in Brown. Like, Tatum had the most points for a guy debuting in... Excuse me, 13 assists in a, in a debut. Klay Thompson out the second most playoff threes, obviously passing LeBron James and Steph Curry is way ahead of him in that regard. And I I, had to, I couldn't pronounce it. I need to get the correct spelling. Steelers have signed Tuzar Skipper, the linebacker. And between Tatum and Brown having 450 points is the most by Celtics teammates since Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And um, Quinn Snyder has stepped down as the head coach of the Jazz. And it's a rarity when you're a team that's consistently top five record in each conference. You're making the playoffs every year. Everybody in the in the front office loves you. The team loves you. The the, the fans. It's just not really working there in in uh, in Utah. And there and and he realized that you know all the stress of being a head coach is not worth it. That all that is not you know worth it for him to be there and then eventually get fired and then the job he really wants is not open. The rumors he could take the Greg uh, Greg Popovich job in San Antonio. The Lakers job can open up in some time. There are a lot of teams that he could just go. You know what? In a year or so from now, that coach could be fired, and that can be exactly where I want to go because that's something interesting for him. Because he's a top coach. The Bulls have a good coach, but if they didn't, I'd be like, Yo, you got to pick this guy up, man. And Michael Beasley is signed to play in China, which doesn't really surprise many people there. Tarana Tarasi now. Tops gains played in, in WNBA history, passing up uh, Katie Smith with 482 games. And Sylvia Fowles now is fourth most post in Minneapolis history, which is really cool. And it's really cool that there's 17 G League players now in the WNBA. And they're making this documentary for ESPN 30 for 30 about the 1996 women's Olympic team called Dream On, which is really cool. And Jordan Poole became the youngest player to, at 22 of the, to shoot five threes in a game. And Curry has seven, 70 plus threes, five times ever done it. And with the new staff for the Los Angeles Lakers, he's not having John Lucas stay. He's not having David Fistel stay. He's not having Pembery thing. He's having Rasheed Wallace join his staff, which is interesting if you know Rasheed Wallace as a player. Kalia Copper now has career 200 assists. Congratulations to her. And in other WNBA news, Derek Fisher, the longtime NBA player who also coached the Knicks, got fired from the Sparks. He hasn't really been lucky. He coached the Knicks without any coaching experience, and they fired him after like a couple of years, and now with the Sparks, they fired him here. Baseball news. Francisco Lindor became the second Mets player to have a 10 straight games of RBIs. Abreu now has passed Mini Minoso for the RBI leaders in Sox history, so he's in the top 10 there. And Jordan Alvarez signed a six-year session with the Astros, and that dude's been on fire. He's probably one of the best offensive players in baseball. That makes sense. Albert Pujols now has... The 3,320 hits, 11th most all-time, and 3,000 career gains played. 
and it took the Dodgers all the way till he was dead, till he was then retired, you know, and all the way till he's in the, actually in the Baseball Hall of Fame. They said, you know what? We're going to finally retire Gil Hodges' number. There's no reason they took him this long. That is really, really stupid. And, yeah, that makes absolutely no offense there. And um, in the in the dust-up between the Astros, they fired, they, excuse me, suspended both Dusty Baker and Hector Neris. Congratulations to Steve Stone, Sox broadcaster, Cubs broadcaster, baseball broadcaster, 40 years on broadcasting in his career. And speaking of longtime broadcast, John Sterling is not going to be calling Yankees road game unless it's like the New York Mets area, like East Coast, Baltimore, Boston, something like that. He's not going to be calling those games. Eduardo Escobar last night hit for the cycle, which is really, really cool. Dallas Keuchel off the Sox cut him. He's now on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks aren't really going anywhere, and I thought their strength was starting pitching, so I don't know what's going on there. Tyler Thornburg and Aaron Sanchez, two players who were recently cut by their respective teams, have signed on with the Twins, which I feel like is pretty interesting there because the Twins are right now in first place to take a chances on those. And the Angels announced their City Connect jerseys, which I'm, you know, not loving the jerseys, but they're not the worst in the world because there's been some really bad ones like the Boston Red Sox. Not a huge fan of the Marlins one, so... At least with the Rockies, he's got the Rocky Mountains on there and Booty Page on Around the Horn show that it's basically something that they've done before on license plates, so that makes absolute makes sense there. So in the Angels one, it's like a you know the beaches and like surfing waves and stuff, so that is interesting there for them as well. And 315 career starts between Adam Rainwright and Adam Molina as they continue to to move up the list of how many times a catcher can catch the same starting pitcher. And in baseball news, which is, became an entertainment headline, these race, uh, there were race players who opted out of, of the Pride Night. And they, they decided it due to religious reasons that they were like we don't want to wear the gay pride stuff and they were relievers jason adam who again journeyman nobody cares brooks Raley, another career journeyman who really cares ryan thompson jeffrey spring jalen beak so a lot of these guys are just crappy journeyman relief pitchers but they said that a lot of it comes down to faith faith is it. it's hard to decision multiple we said we want to all welcome love here but when we put on our body i think a lot of guys that just lifestyle that maybe that they don't look good on nobody and differently it's all in the name of Jesus, and it's just like, okay, do you realize that every single sports team has a night for every single country, every single race, every single ethnicity? So having a gay pride night is not a big deal. You get paid to play baseball, so what? It's a rainbow jersey, a rainbow hat. Like, I don't understand the the big, oh my God, I can't wear gay flag, gray pride on my jersey, man. It's really stupid, man. Your marginal relief pitchers playing baseball. You're lucky that you're making all this money. So I would not be like, oh my God, I can't, I can't wear that. Uh, other baseball news: Zach Godley, Gyro Diaz, and Nick Goody, former major league pitchers, have signed with the Atlantic League. Matt Davidson's officially on the A's roster, which is cool because I'm a huge fan of him. And Austin Voth has gone from one part of the Baltimore, you know, Washington D.C. area to going to the Orioles. And unfortunately for the Blue Jays, Danny Jansen has suffered a finger fracture. Phillies have brought back Scott Kingry, which is really cool. And 
Unfortunately for Robert Gazelman, the Cubs used him up and outrighted him. White Sox have signed Mike Wright Jr. to a minor league deal. Mariners have released Oscar Wojciechowski. And Willie Calhoun got designated for assignment. Remember how the Rangers sent him down and he was not happy about being sent down? Well, I can't, I can't blame him, but here's the same thing with the Willie Calhoun. You never stay healthy. You're not the world's greatest outfielder. And my thing that I proposed in the last few you know, previews was they didn't have a center fielder until Doles Garcia showed up out of nowhere last year, like for reals. And I was like, well, Willie Calhoun's got speed, athleticism. He's good offensively. He should be starting every day in center field. They've never done that, and they let him go. Angels have lost Taylor Ward, who's been on a tear. Joe Adele's back up. And the Diamondbacks acclaim Cole Tucker, just another Pirates middle infielder who the Pirates never gave an opportunity to play every single day. They continue to play super utility players instead, journeyman guys, or throw the guy in the outfield. The best thing going for Cole Tucker is, I don't know if it's still true, but he's been dating Vanessa and Hudgens, which is really good. Cardinals unfortunately lost Core Dickerson to the disabled list, and they already have a lot of guys on there to begin with. Pirates' Max Karnak has undergone Tommy John surgery. Not good for him. Pirates did call up one of their best prospects, Travis Swaggerty, which is a good thing. And um, Will Myers gone on the disabled list. And Eddie Alvarez, the guy who's won a gold medal, silver medal, is officially up on the roster with the Dodgers. Fortunately for the Rockies, Ryan Rolson and Colton Walker are both going to undergo soldier surgery. Jake Bowers, a former Rays, Indians, and Reds first baseman, has been acquired by the Yankees, which makes no sense. They got no room. Cubs protect. Brendan Davis undergoes back surgery, which is not good for him. And Justin Wilson, the currently a reliever with the Reds, undergone Tommy John surgery. Tom I. Jones, who went under Tommy John surgery, officially got cut. And unfortunately, I was so happy that Kevin Pillar made the Dodgers team finally, even though he was on a minor league deal. He suffered a shoulder fracture. He's going to miss a long time. Brewers have lost Omar Navarez to the disabled list. And Twins acquired John Raleigh from the Phillies. Royals acquired Alvarez from the Rangers. Dan Winkler and Trapino opted out a deal with the Rangers. And the Robinson Cano experiment didn't last that long, because if you're going to call up Nomar Mazzara, then you know that it's not good, because Mazzara hasn't been a everyday player in the year. Sonny Gray wants the disabled list. And Nick Kingham, who was over in the KBO, got released. Hunter Woods gone to the Twins. Angels released Austin Romine. And Yeffy Ramirez signed with the KBO. And the Orioles acquired Yaki Rivera from the Marlins. And the Nationals called up Luis Garcia. Braves claimed Joe Dumont from the Marlins. And Joey Wendell and Brian Anderson both go on the stable list, which is not good. Roman Quinn's that was short-lived in Philadelphia. Gene Segura, unfortunately, had finger surgery. He's going to miss 10 to 12 weeks when they're already were out. You know, Gregorius for a long time. Drew Smiley, disabled list. Eric Yarley, gone to the Blue Jays. And Juan Franco won the disabled list, so that's not good news. Dominic Smith being option, I thought was a bad thing. But now, let's get to some entertainment news here. Amanda Peets going to Fatal Attraction. Orlando Bloom's going to this wizard thing. This Ilberg Messiah and Tareem's going to Madam Wed. And our, our friend means death got renewed for... Season 2 at HBO Max. Daniel Matro is going to be in Guardians 3. It is Cake I Renew for Season 2 on Netflix. And uh, Billy Porter and Luke Evans are going to be in this show together. And I thought it was interesting casting with the two of them being in Our Son. Loretta Devine is going to be in this new Days of Our Life thing as well. 
Black Lady Sketch Show got renewed season four at HBO. Will Arnett's going to voice a character in Twisted Metal, which is cool. Kevin Hart producing a show about his life and being a shoe salesman, which is during Silver Silverman's going to be in this thing called Smurstrol. Dasha Polanco and Little Rel Howard are going to be in this thing called Poor for Faith. Raised by Wolves, unfortunately, got canceled for those who are fans of that at HBO. Mitchell Lagger is going to be Sex Life of College Girls. I remember from Star. Ryan Felipe and Kyle McLaughlin are going to be in this thing called Miranda's Victim. And Fox announced that 911 and Cleaning Lady are going to be on Monday nights, which I don't like because Cleaning Lady wasn't good enough to be renewed, and I'd really rather them show 911 and 911 Lone Star the whole entire time, maybe put them on break, but those are two of your best shows. That whole country music drama with Susan Random Monarch, which was supposed to be on this, this spring, was not on, and it was not on the summer. They pushed it to the fall, which... I guess it's fine, but again, the Fox keeps putting crappy shows on the airwaves. And they ultimately either get canceled or they get surprising renewed, which is really dumb because, again, you're wasting time with showing that. Of course, The Masked Singer is Wednesday nights, but the annoying thing is Lego Master, which has been on every single summer, which is a pretty good game show to have on. Yeah, let's have it on in the fall. Come on, there's not enough programming because it... First you push Monarch back, then you put Fantasy Island back, and then the Resident is still going to be Tuesday nights, which is good news. Hell's Kitchen, I knew that with Fox not having football anymore, it's going to open up the room for at least one, maybe two Gordon Ramsay shows, which I could do without. But I'm glad that at least Call Me Cat, Welcome to Flash, will have half-hour sitcoms in the fall. We don't got to wait till the spring. And of course, they don't show Duncanville anymore in the spring or the, or the fall anymore. It's look like a summer show. So it's still going to be Simpsons, Family Guy, Bob's Burger, and Great North. Which makes sense as well. And, uh, John Malkovich is going to be in this thing called Never Look. And, um, what we do in the shadows got renewed for two more seasons, even before the next season comes out, which is really cool because it's a top quality show, it's a top quality movie. So it's a good thing that it's going to be on. Not just this year, but for the next two years. So I'm going to worry about that. Scarlett Johansson is going to be in this thing called Sea Change. Jason Bateman is out of a project that Scarlett Johansson is in called Artemis. Sam Water- Waterston is going to be in next year's Law & Order reboot, for those who are fans of that. Cara Brunette's joining this Miss American Pie. Tokyo Vice got renewed at HBO. John Hamm and Jennifer Eli is going to be in the next season of Fargo. August Moreno and... And, um... The girl who played Agus, who played Ava in that show, are going to be teaming up again. And it's a good thing that you have two child actors who got an opportunity to be in a program together that Ava Kohler and him are going to be teaming up for this VR product just like you, so that's really, really cool. All of Us Are Dead, got renewed season two in Netflix. David O'Wally is going to be in role play. And this Goran Yusuf dude, remember from Timeless, he's going to be in the new season of Vikings. And they announced that when Manifest does debut on Netflix, they're going to put it into two segments. That's good. And the... And uh, this thing called, like, They Beautiful Things will have Katherine Hahn in there. And Neve Campbell now, she's not going to be in Scream 6. 
And this other person never heard of Nakuria Bakorva is going to be in Guardians 3. Christoph Waltz is going to be in Billy Wilder and me. So yeah, it's just a lot of them. Things I just don't understand. And when it comes to the summer for, for CW, I was wondering what's going to go on. Well, this week, the final season of Roswell, New Mexico in the dark. are going back-to-back nights on Monday nights. They're going to start showing Wellington Paranormal for a bit, which is good because... Again, quality program for the people that do what we do in the shadows. I never really watched Mysteries Decoded, but that's something that's coming. Killer Camp, which they showed like one or two episodes. I think it was in the fall or in the spring. One of those times they just said they pulled it from the air. That's coming back. I don't know what Bump is, but that looks something that I can record and watch. Devils, which I didn't think was that great with Patrick Dempsey and being in Italy and all these other foreign people. That is coming back for season two, so I guess... There was another season for them to show. And this thing called Leonardo is definitely coming. So that's interesting there. And these are what's coming to the airways here because they've used Leonardo. It has Freddie Highmore in there, which I didn't even know. That's something else that he does. But that would be interesting. And the bumps here is an Australian thing. And, uh, yeah, Leonardo, an eight-part drama that follows Da Vinci that grows into unparalleled genius, which is interesting. So that's interesting. And Bump is about a seven-year-old with ambitious 10-year plan. So CW is figuring out exactly what to put on their airwaves, which is really key. Fox, though, I don't know what's going to happen this summer because I'm used to, in the summer, having... Some new shows on CBS or NBC or ABC to review. And at the same time, CW having shows. But what it looks like, I'm just not going to have all those things that I'm normally accustomed to. of having new shows to review or, you know, shows to try out. But, yeah. So what, what I wanted to get to in the last six minutes was... I've got to finish Flash. So obviously, last season of Flash was them having to do with Godspeed because of Bart and Nora. And I do like that Bart's outfit is comic accurate, just not who he is. His personality is just like... But it's cool that Bart's thong is Godspeed. They just mention Wally and that he's not even going to be in the show. And of course, they have Jake Garrick. And they have this thing where it's like 150th episode. Barry Hurt, Cisco has to save the day, which is cool to have him in there because it's 150th episode. You know, you got to do my mail, Godspeed to save the day, which is interesting because the other ones are keep destroying the town. And that they hold the whole stupid thing of Iris years years ago giving speed, having to have her with her daughter and her son and Barry and James save the day. It's so stupid when Barry could just have freaking Wally West. He doesn't need anyone else to help him save the day, which is really stupid. But again, the Speed Force was trying to help them out as well, which is pretty cool, and the people that they made. And then you find out this Kramer woman who I know from the Historical Society and Nancy Drew, which I wish she would stay in that there because I don't like her in Flash. Her powers are that she can mimic other metas. So that was cool. She got some speed to save her and Joe. And like Frost is all out there fighting bad guy. And uh, Cisco made a bubble, which cool is to kind of protect them. Allegra helped them as well. Gain and Shalice, she's being useful because she has power. 
For some of the time, there are characters that don't do anything. A lifesaver fight was pretty cool. And we all knew that Thawne, you asked him for his help, that he was going to kill Godspeed. But obviously, he didn't kill him. He just obviously injured him, and Barry knew that was going to happen. And when Thawne tried to beat Barry, Barry's like, I got faster than you. And he knew that Thawne would train him because he wanted to kill Barry, and he doesn't want anyone else to kill him. You know, Godspeed was putting Iron Heights. You know, all this other stuff, which was good. And they did a whole renewal signing, and Bart was singing. Oh, Bart Allen can sing. That's stupid. Cisco officiating it is in Star Labs and all this other stuff. So they, they, they ended on a nice note, but then this is the problem, though. They made this whole Flash crossover where Thawne did not like what happened with Barry being faster. So, of course, he has to change the timeline. And not just one thing. A bunch of things and instead all the motion where everything is screwed up which is what brings Despero to think is the end of the world and I'm glad they took a character from the comics that may not necessarily be a flash villain but they used it and you know they have the Adam in there in the first episode Brandon Roth the original Adam that was cool he got to use the suit go back in time they mentioned Mercury Labs which is something that's been mentioned they don't actually like do anything for a flush gang I'm tired of them being in flash it is a Batman villain. It's Gotham villain. It's nothing to do with Flash. Okay, that's where I'm annoyed. And I really vividly remember it from Batman Beyond, which is another story. But they call him OG Metacriminal. Iron Heights, all the criminals are loose. Fast, you gotta stop them. Despero shows up during the interview. And, like, all these things happening. And, like, now you know how Diggle feels to be taken really fast and shrunk when they had him doing it and stuff, which is funny. And he's like, 10 years from now, he makes Armageddon. And he's like, yeah, that's not possible. You know, he help, Ray helps send Despero home, find out what alien he is. You get seven days to prove he isn't an evil or a killer, which is interesting. And Black Lightning, he asked him to help him out to, because supposedly the contingency plan that each one of them, which I guess Sarah doesn't really have any powers, and Oliver doesn't have any powers, or his daughter. But technically, Black Lightning... Martian Manager, Superman, Supergirl, and Flash really are the ones with the powers. Not Batwoman whatsoever, so how to stop them and stuff. And obviously the way to stop Supergirl, Superman, is Kryptonite. We already know that. And they show Alex on a little screen, which is kind of a ripoff, okay? And she, she didn't know much about the alien. And Frost wants to just kill Despero. Bear's like, we don't kill people. Then they have to deal with a, a meta making people go crazy at a bank under federation because they think Barry did it because... Again, he doesn't realize that, like, what Thawne is doing. They wants his badge. And they're like, he's the second inside man, which also covers. Like, what? And then there's, like, a radiation leak at Star Labs because they didn't obviously have any protocols in because of what he did. And then Melton potentially, so they were not allowed in there. And you find out that Barry owns Star Labs. And I'm like, how does Barry own Star Labs when he always misses work, he's late to work? I didn't think a government job affords them enough to own a facility like that. That's where I'm like, this is really, really stupid. And that the facility where they meet is pretty darn stupid, okay? And, um... They gotta demolish it, and they gotta erase Gideon, which sucks, because it's been helpful. And uh, they find Zotar as the mind control meta, and they try to stop them. The meta zapped him into his apartment to make him do stuff. They plan to find a bad guy. Despero gives them the stop story, how he was banished from his planet, and he's got to do all the stuff to save them. He wants to fix it. And, like, building up an energy molecule level, having electricity jump out of his body to attack her, which he didn't realize. 
then they're like, yeah, Joe's dead. He's like, no, Joe's not dead. And they're like, it's not funny because that's the domino that fell that Joe died. And this is something that screws Barry up. And it supposedly happened before Despero, which obviously Barry doesn't remember. And they're like, does that what's breaking? He's flinging lightning in people. I mentioned the Flame of Partires where he, this guy gets his power from Kelenor. And they're just having to mention that Supergirl and Martian Manhunter are off planet because, God forbid, even though Supergirl's ended, that Martian Manhunter and Supergirl can be in freaking Superman and Lois because Martian Manhunter and Superman go way back when they were younger. And Supergirl is his cousin. So that's where I'm just like, yeah, you can't have them in the show. Really, really stupid. And, um, yeah, so they're at the Hall of Justice. Black Lightning can take his powers away. And once it's done, it can't be undone. And Iris starts believing he isn't dead. Cecil recruits Metas for help. Chester's machine finds Barry with that Meta who does mind control. But, of course, that goes bad because she died. Dion's helping Iris, which is so important to have her character. And this negative still force to rewrite time is what happened. And they feel like someone changed the past and he wasn't supposed to die. But then Despero controlling bomb techs start the particle accelerator. That is, I thought was stupid. They got to trap that. Very pushing issue on powers being taken. He keeps telling him, you got to take the powers away. And obviously Jefferson Pierce does not think that's a good idea. So Barry goes into the future, not fully powered. Esper Despero comes for him. Reverse flash causes, obviously, and you see Damien Dark. He's, of course, alive, and he's a bad guy. Choi, they have Ryan Choi in the show, and I've been saying this. What was the point of introducing Ryan Choi's character in the end of Arrow with those crossovers if he wasn't going to take the mantle of Adam and join Legend of Tomorrow or join Legend or join Flash or something? He got to wear the suit, which is cool, but I'm like, he, you, the guy just wasted using his character to begin with in the first place. Batwoman's a waste because, like, supposedly all the best... Barry Allen, who's Reverse Flash, and Damian Dark killed everyone. So, like, there's no Cisco, there's no Ray Palmer, there's no Legend of Tomorrow. All these people are dead, so they all hate Reverse Flash. Chester has long hair, looks stupid. They have this whole Allegra thing with him dating, which was really stupid. You know, Barry's like, yeah, I killed him as a kid. He wrote history that he's the Flash, that he's married to Iris to get back. And I'm like, who really wants to be married to Iris? That actress is bad. And Flash thinks Barry's crazy, thinks he's flashed, but he goes with 5% of speed, so he obviously doesn't have it all, and he figures out that he's a fake, Dark figures out he's a fake reverse flash, but convinces him to save his daughter by saying, you got the stone, time stone, you got to save your daughter, Nora's that important, she's actually supposed to be alive, and he tells him to run on the equator, but that's what could bring Armageddon, so that brings up the whole catch 180, you know, catch 22, whatever, where he could potentially bring the end of the world in order to save the world, which is interesting. Iris then shoots Thawne because she believes Barry's telling the truth. And I thought the comic suit was accurate. But the whole frost with her boyfriend helping out is just weird. Alex Danvers using the stupid gauntlet thing. And I just like, if that that's the last time I saw Batwoman. was not the end of the show that ended on a cliffhanger. But her in the future in this Barry crossover thing where she's just stupid and stuff. And it's pointless. That's where I'm just like, yeah... And then obviously Dark helps him using his magic fighting skills when everybody attacks him. There's some wind thing that he has. Speedway is what destroyed it. Thawn followed them in using Gideon to help him. Joe's alive, which is great, but Dark finally comes back to bring Nora alive. And supposedly Mia Smoke is in an episode and she helps out or something. And she was at the wedding or something. And she hates Barry. 
I don't know, but the point is they bring her from the future, and obviously Despero tries to control her to attack them, and, you know, you gotta save Reverse Flash instead of actually killing him, because we don't kill people, because superheroes don't kill people, but it's like, come on, you gotta kill him, and Joe's telling him that. But of course, and Mia's trying to figure out who took Oliver's son, William, and so they're trying to figure that out, because Despero's like, you gotta kill Thawne, he's the only way to save the world. So, Despero frights Barry on that, and Chester gives him a special boost to run faster to disperse energy, which is finally Chester doing things that Cisco's supposed to do in the show. And then they disconnected his flame, and he was able to take Thawne's speed like Black Lightning did the first time. Then a party to celebrate. And everything's all good except for Nora's not alive still, and Dark is, and, you know, maybe, you know, and so he gives it to Joe for safekeeping, and of course Nora's back, but she understand everything. And of course, you know, realize the kids from the past come in the background, and stuff like that. And, um... Eventually, that leads into, well, they came to help Godspeed in the other episode. They helped them in the crossover. And basically, they ruined the timeline trying to help them fix it the first time. And they went to the past, and you got to see Thawne's, you know, ancestor, Eddie. So it's nice to see him. And and they're like, well, we can't let Joe die or that would ruin it. But then, obviously, Bart's impulsive because he's, he's supposed to be the grandson of Barry, not the son. And a game of this royal flush gang. Man, it's so stupid. Jay Garrick was in the episode, which was good. And Iris is dealing with that sickness again. But the point is, positives were that like they defeated Godspeed, they defeated Thawne. This crossover was a waste because Batwoman was a waste. Mia, 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 Mia was okay. Ray Palmer was good. Black Lightning was good. But Ray Choi was a waste again. And the whole Chester Legger thing was stupid. And... Yeah, just that over the fact that Bart Allen's supposed to be Barry's grandson. Not his son. And he doesn't have a daughter who's a speedster in the comics that matter. And they just throw Wally West to the side. But, again, rest in peace to everybody who passed away. Happy trails to everybody who retired. And as always, we talked about local and national sports and pop culture. You can get my podcast anywhere. Google, Apple, or Spotify. This episode 138. Follow me at Twitter, Rare4428. Blogger4428 on the Raider Entertainment blog, my website, on the Raider YouTube channel for movie reviews and baseball observations, and the Facebook page on the Raider Entertainment blog. Thanks for listening to episode 138. I'm Raider. See you guys next time.